Welcome to AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. Today we're publishing a speech delivered by Roger C. at the Widening the Gateway Secular AA Conference held earlier this month in Olympia, Washington. Roger is the founder of AA Agnostica and author of A History of Agnostic Groups in AA and whose work and friendship has enriched my life and sobriety as I know he has for countless others. And without further ado, Roger C., A History of Secularism in AA. I'm really pleased to be here today. Um, the, um, the opportunity to come here is just uh, spectacular for me to, to escape from Toronto <laughs> and uh, arrive in Vancouver where I have some dear friends and um, some founding and to come here is just like spectacular for me. Um, I'm going to talk about secularism in AA. Uh, and where that started for me um, was when the two groups in Toronto on May 31st, 2011, were booted out of intergroup. Okay? They were booted off of the meeting list and they were booted out of intergroup. And it was an extraordinarily traumatic moment for those of us in those two groups. Um, and one of, the, one of the first things that we did was we decided to start a website, AA Toronto Agnostics, so that people would continue to know that these agnostic groups existed and that they were welcome to attend them. Having done that, um, as I say, it was the end of May 2011, I decided um, to write a book or an essay called A History of Agnostic Groups in AA. And I thought, well, this is going to be easy. You know, the in- we have the internet today. I'm going to do a few Google searches, and by the time the weekend is over, I'm going to have written this book. <laughs> it was shocking to me that there was simply no information out there. Um, and... It eventually took me about six months to put the thing together. And it was the beginning of my understanding of AA, period. Because I was new to to the fellowship at the time. Uh, I had about a year of sobriety. And I didn't know anything about it. And it was this project that introduced me to Alcoholics Anonymous um, and its history. Because in Googling, one of the first people I ran across was Bill White. Um, and he was so helpful. And he said, well, you know, you should, you should contact Ernie Kurtz. And I thought, well, who the hell is Ernie Kurtz? You know, and, and, and I got a hold of Ernie. And um, he was so supportive. I mean, Ernie is, of course, the author of Not God. A History of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is such an important book. But he hadn't mentioned anything about agnostics in AA in the book. And he was very excited about the fact that I was undertaking this project. And um, tried to be as supportive as possible. It um, It was interesting because... I also had huge support from the General Service Office of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, Michelle Mirza is the chief archivist, and she just did everything she could to help me. But there was no information in the archives about agnostic groups. So um, I began to work on it. I began to work on the project. It was a lot of work. I eventually completed it, and Ernie loved it. Uh, I'm going to quote him here, and it, it, it's, it's part the ego that is causing me to do this. <laughs> but Ernie said, um, I appreciate your work, and I'm sure many others will. I also hope with you that this information will help atheists and agnostics in other smaller places to be able to find comfort in AA, and then he said, the fellowship owes you a debt of gratitude 
though it may take time for them to realize that. I want you to know that it's been about five years and they still have not <laughs> expressed their profound appreciation for history of agnostic groups in AA. I want to start at the beginning because from the very beginning agnostics and atheists were a part of AA. Um, some of the first were people like Hank Parkhurst, Jim Burwell, um, and Jim was part of the first of the two groups of AA. He was part of the group in New York that met at uh, Bill's house in New York. And he was anti-religion in a ferocious kind of way. So much so that a lot of members of his group were hoping he'd either get drunk, you know, or go away. But he did neither. And over the years, um, he, he was um, a very important part of AA and started a number of groups uh, and meetings across the United States, always remaining, if you will, faithful to his lack of faith. Um, there was a big, in 1939, there was a big battle over Alcoholics Anonymous, over the book, and particularly all of the references to God. If you, um, I, 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 I write about it in the little book. Um, I put a little essay in there called The Origins of the Twelve Steps because I wanted to describe the battle that occurred. And um, it was all about the God part in, in, in the books. It, in, in the steps. And um, because of people like Jim Burwell, changes were made to the steps. Um, the idea of God was changed to God, quote, as you know him. That was Jim Burwell. And Bill, at one point, afterwards, after the steps were changed, said this was a great contribution of our atheists and agnostics. They had widened our gateway so that all those who suffer might pass through regardless of their belief or lack of belief. So in case any of you were wondering well, why this conference is named Widening the Gateway, that's, that's where it comes from. Bill was quite excited about that. He thought the solution had been found. And he went on to say that, um, uh, that, that it was a 10 strike, this change to the, to, to the steps. Um, obviously a reference to bowling and um, in the little book I write in hindsight it certainly was not a ten strike the ball didn't end up in the gutter but it turned out instead to be more of a split than a ten strike with pins on both sides and far apart You know, Bill actually understood over time that there was a problem. In The Dilemma of No Faith, which he wrote in 1961 in The Grapevine, 1961, so we're talking 20 years after writing the big book, and it's, it's, it's actually one of the most dramatic things that I think that he said. He said, in AA's first years, I all but ruined the whole undertaking. God, as I understood him, had to be for everybody. Sometimes my aggression was subtle, 
and sometimes it was crude. But either way, it was damaging. Perhaps fatally so to numbers of non-believers. 1961. A few years later, in 1965, at a general service conference in New York, Bill did an inventory of AA's history. He said, the better to reveal the areas in which we can improve ourselves. I'd heard about this speech, and so I talked to, I sent an email to Michelle Merz at the GSO. I said, can I have a copy of it? But there's no written copy of this speech. So she very kindly went to the trustees, and they sent me a CD of it. And I wrote an article about it called Responsibility is Our Theme, which is on AA Agnostic. It's one of my favorites, because of the things that Bill says in that article, and I'm going to quote a few of them. Bill talked about the hundreds of thousands of men and women who had come into AA over the previous 35 years and left. Quote, newcomers are approaching us at the rate of tens of thousands yearly. They represent almost every belief and every attitude imaginable. We have atheists and agnostics, he said. We have people of nearly every race, culture, and religion. And then he asked this question. How much and how often did we fail them? Finally, towards the end of this talk, Bill got to the heart of his message of responsibility. And I'm going to quote. In AA, we are supposed to be bound together in the kinship of a universal suffering. Therefore, the full liberty to practice any creed or principle or therapy should be a first consideration. Hence, let us not pressure anyone with individual or even collective views. Let us instead accord to each other the respect that is due to every human being as he tries to make his way towards the light. Let us always try to be inclusive rather than exclusive. Let us remember that each alcoholic among us is a member of AA, so long as he or she so declares. I'm running into all of this literature as I'm writing a history of agnostic groups in AA after two groups are booted out of intergroup. And what I'm trying to say is that secularism in AA is not a new issue, nor is it an outside issue. Inclusivity, being bound together in the kinship of a universal suffering, is at the heart the very core of our fellowship. It has to be at the very top of our priorities and not an afterthought. A is an umbrella. When I first, by the way, (laughs) 
but I do go on, I apologize. When I first saw the flyer for this conference and saw the, the title, Widening the Gateway, and read down through the agenda, I thought, I gotta be there. <laughs> because to me, this is pure AA. Reaching out to other human beings is, if you will excuse the expression, the very soul of AA. So I, I, I would like, if we may, to applaud the organizers of this wonderful conference. Okay, now apparently I'm supposed to talk about the history of secularism. So let me start with the first meeting, the first secular AA meeting. And it took place 40 years after the origins of AA in 1935. It took place in 1965 in Chicago. That was the first meeting. And it was founded by a guy by the name of Wilson but not Bob Don Wilson. In the early 60s, he had tried AA, and he, he had attended meetings for six months, but left put off by the religiosity. I was unable to work it, he said, because of the religious language in which the 12 steps are couched. He came back a decade later. His drinking had almost killed him. This time he decided he had to tough it out no matter how hard. Some of us may be familiar with that. <laughs> After about four years of sobriety in the autumn of 1974, he gave a talk at a Unitarian church on the topic, an agnostic in AA, how it works for me. And it's so remarkable. It's 1965. The talk was well received. And he ended up delivering it in several UU churches. And in fact, one of the ministers encouraged him to start an AA meeting for atheists and agnostics. The first ever meeting in AA explicitly for non-believers was held on January 7th, 1975. In Chicago, in a church. Yeah. The name of the meeting was Alcoholics Anonymous for Atheists and Agnostics, which was very quickly shortened to Quad A. And Quad A has had a hugely interesting history in Chicago. In 1995, an article was written about it in the Chicago Tribune while Quad A was celebrating its 20th anniversary. It's a wonderful article. And for some idiotic reason, I've never posted it on the Agnostica, but I'm going to in February <laughs> post it. It's kind of the equivalent of the Jack Alexander article published in the um, Saturday Evening Post in 1941. Only this one is for we agnostics in AA. And it's called A Different Road. That's the name of the article. And it begins like this. Six o'clock Saturday night, and the drunks are having a party. This is news? It is. When the party is in Chicago's second Unitarian church on Berry Street, the drunks are sober, and the party is to commemorate the 20th anniversary of a controversial 12-step recovery group Alcoholics Anonymous for Atheists and Agnostics, known in AA circles as Quad A. So I will post that article soon. It's really quite good. Today, Quad A is going strong. There are 12 meetings in Chicagoland. Uh, they are listed by the Chicago Intergroup, in fact. Okay, And one of the search options when you're looking for a meeting on the Chicagoland Intergroup site is um, called Atheist Slash Agnostic. So you can actually look for that meeting 
in Chicago, those meetings. And there is something else I want to, I want to mention. Um, we generally get the impression that Santa Monica was the first convention or the first collective gathering. That's the rumor. That's the rumor. <laughs> but it's wrong. <laughs> On September 13, 2009, a Quad A Unity Conference was held and it was called Beyond Alcohol and Addiction, Sobriety, Sanity, and Serenity. And over 100 people attended it. I've got a 16-page leaflet, which was sent to me by Chuck Kay in Chicago while I was working on a history of agnostic groups in AA. And it's wonderful. It contains, for example, um, the conference schedule which included a number of speakers, terrific speakers. It includes an article about a man of distinction, uh, Don Wilson, who started the first group. Um, it contains a copy of the 1995 article written in the Chicago Tribune called A Different Road. Um, it contains several secular steps, versions of the steps. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's, 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 it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful pamphlet. In the end, it, it, it decides to describe AA in eight words, which is like four times two words. <laughs> <laughs> the first two words being quit drinking the second two words trust AA the third two words clean house and the last two words help others so pretty simple understanding of, of AA so that was the first meeting was in Chicago, January 7th, 1975. It would take five years for the next group of meetings to start. And that happened in California, that happened in LA, and that happened because of a wonderful guy by the name of Charlie Polachek. And um, if you want to read about Charlie, there's an article in the Agnostica called Father of We Agnostics Dies. I talked to Charlie on the phone. He died at the age of 98. I talked to Charlie on the phone, and he told me, he was about 96, 97 at the time, he said, he said very proudly, he says, I am the daddy of We Agnostic groups. <laughs> because he started the first group ever called We Agnostics in 1980 in Hollywood, in Los Angeles. The, uh, it was very hard for me to find Charlie. Very hard. You can imagine. I mean, it, it's just like, I, I, it was so hard. I, I, I talked to even, I talked to people who should have known but didn't want to tell me, quite frankly. Um, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but there were a number of people that I talked to at the time, agnostics in AA, who didn't, who pushed me away. They, they thought this was going to be far too controversial. And so, strangely enough, the fellow who told me about Charlie Polachek was James Christopher, who started SOS. You know, James told me. And yet I... Anyway, the, um, um, when I talked to Charlie on the phone, again, he was quite surprised. I told him that um, I really enjoyed talking to Charlie. I told him, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this, I'm, I'm writing a book, I'm writing an article called A History of Agnostic Groups in AA. And his response was, Really? It was so exciting to him that we would go public on this. Yeah. 
It was so exhilarating to him that this would cease to be a secret within AA. Um, Charlie described himself as both an atheist and a number of people I talked to described him as um, one of the most spiritual human beings I'd ever met. And uh, I um, contacted his daughter, Angeliska, and shortly after his death, and I'm just throwing this in there because I just like it, um, she did a post online and talked about Charlie's favorite haiku, and it goes like this. In the midst of the meadow, a skylark singing, free from everything. I like haikus. <laughs> um, around the year 2000, Charlie moved to Austin, Texas, where he again started a meeting called We Agnostics. He became friends with Nick H., who then started the second meeting for agnostics and atheists in Austin called Children of Chaos. Uh, Nick is the chair of the host committee that is organizing a convention for We Agnostics, Atheists, and Freethinkers in AA, uh, which is to be held, of course, in November of this year. Um, I will also note as well that Intergroup for Austin, Hill County it's called, also lists, quote, atheists and agnostics as a meeting type. So if you're looking for a meeting for atheists and agnostics in Austin, there's a category called atheists and agnostics that you can, you can click on. By the way, the meeting that Charlie started in Hollywood in 1980, still meets every Tuesday, um, and it's going strong in California. AA and agnostic AA flourished in California in ways that it didn't flourish in other areas. So now I'd like to talk about New York. Because we had these meetings in Chicago, we had these meetings in California, but there was nothing in New York, strangely enough. So, um, a guy by the name of Harry, a California, a Californian, placed an ad in, are you familiar with this? It's called Free Inquiry. It's a, it's a magazine that continues to exist today, is published today for atheists and agnostics. Uh, this is actually a 1985 issue of it. But Harry wrote this little article, this little ad in Free Inquiry. He's a Californian, knew that the thing was circulated throughout America, and he wrote a little ad. And he said... Um, The ad was addressed to atheists and agnostic members of AA who were having trouble with the religious, religious nature of many AA meetings. So Harry, Harry does this ad. And strangely enough, three people in New York answer it. They, they send a little letter to, to Harry. They don't even know each other. But three people from New York do this. And in fact, that is what inspired the form on A-Agnostica for people wanting an agnostic group in their own community, which people can complete. And then we hooked them up. I have a dear friend, Chris, who lives in Fort Erie, and he handled, he's connecting people virtually on a daily basis. Um, who want to start agnostic meetings but don't know that there's anybody else in their area that wants to do that. So anyway, these three people write to Harry. 
And their names are, well, Harry writes back and tells them, explains how the agnostic meetings work, the formats and all that stuff. And then he connects them together. It was Ada H., John Y., and David L. The first meeting was held at Ada's home on September 10th, 1986. It was called We Atheists. It eventually moved to the Jan Hus 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 Church, where it still meets today, and the name was changed to We Humanists. The three, Ada, John, and David, met together for over a decade. For over a decade, they went to these meetings together. Thank you, Harry, in California. Um, David eventually moved to Pittsburgh. John Y. died on March 10, 2003. He was co-founder of the Secular Humanist Society of New York City, a lifelong resident of the Bronx and a veteran of World War II. Born in 1921, he got sober in 1962. Ada died in August 2005 at the age of 83. She had more than 30 years of sobriety. She was a very passionate woman. She was a socialist and a very wealthy New Yorker. On her tombstone, it says, Ada H. started an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting for atheists and agnostics. Today, there are 16 meetings in New York City for agnostics, atheists, and freethinkers in AA. Uh, under the search again for meetings is something called a special interest category where you can click on agnostic and again find these meetings. Okay, this is all in a history of agnostic groups in AA. And I'm going to come back to Toronto because this is where, for me, the whole uh, story started. It was on Tuesday evening, as I mentioned, May 31st, that the Greater Toronto Intergroup voted to boot out the two agnostic groups. The next morning, I sent an email to the Toronto Star, fully reporting on what had happened. Later, I took a phone call from a reporter, Leslie Scrivener. Her story, Does Religion Belong in AA? Fight over God splits Toronto AA groups appeared on the top of the front page of the Toronto Star just a few days later on Friday, June 3rd. Why did I do that? <laughs> there was one simple reason. It struck me that this story should not be buried in the basement of a church. I was not prepared to let that happen. I want you to know that it took me a couple of years to admit that I did that. <laughs> because I was afraid. At the time I did it, I had a year's sobriety, and I was terrified that this behavior was going to result in me relapsing. 
because I had maybe violated a sacral, sacred principle in AA, Tradition 10. Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Well, I told myself, <laughs> it's not an outside issue. It's a controversy about an inside issue, and damn it, it needs to be dealt with. Thank you. <laughs> I was still afraid. <laughs> you know, and I was also, and I, and I want to, I want to talk now a little bit about fear. Because if, if I'm going to be honestly talking about a history of secularism in AA, I'm going to talk about fear. I was personally afraid again later on when I went to a number of follow-up intergroup meetings. Okay? Um, there, was, there were re-votes on whether to boot the groups. There was votes on booting other groups out. And I have to tell you that at those meetings, I was afraid of being beaten up. For the only time in my life, I felt afraid for my physical safety. Because there were true wackos at that meeting who were extremely aggressive and extremely hostile. It was terrifying. And I'm not making any of this up. You know, and strangely enough, Bill Wilson understood this sort of thing. In the 1965 talk I mentioned earlier, he said, simply because we have convictions that work very well for us, it becomes quite easy to assume that we have all of the truth. Whenever this brand of arrogance develops, we are sure to become aggressive. We demand agreement with us. We play God. This isn't good dogma. This is very bad dogma. And it could be especially destructive for we in AA to indulge in this. Bill got it right. You'd think he'd been at the Toronto intergroup meetings. <laughs> or maybe the Vancouver intergroup meeting. Or, but I think I'll stop there. I think we are familiar with fear as alcoholics. As drunks, we are often afraid of being attacked, of being called out, of being arrested. We are afraid of being hurt. We're afraid of hurting others. A few of us drank out of fear. In AA, we secularists are often afraid of being rejected by others in AA. Fear, fear, fear. And it has affected and continues to affect the history of our secular movement. Some examples. One of my favorite websites and one of the earliest um, for agnostics and atheists in AA is called Agnostic AA NYC. It's where the worldwide agnostic groups are listed. And it began, get this, in 2002. That's a long time ago. 
However, on September 28, 2010, a GSO staffer wrote to the administrator of the Agnostic AA NYC website and pointed out that the website referred to addicts as well as alcoholics. Still a no-no in old school AA. And worse, there was a secular version of the 12 steps on the website. The GSO person wrote, so we respectfully request that your group stop calling itself AA. The modified 12 steps, any reference to addicts, were removed from the website. The websites were financed by groups in New York, and it's their call. Fear. I've also asked, over the years, several times, that a link from that website be created to a agnostica. It's never happened. The fear here is of, be, of not being considered AA because of one, references to addicts, two, secular 12 steps, and three, an outside affiliation maybe? So, I think personally, in terms of the fear thing, as I say, I'm not unfamiliar with fear, but <laughs> I'm also no longer a child. It's not as if my parents are telling me to do something and I've got to do something. You know, it's not as if traditional AA says, well, you've got to do the steps, you can't change them. You know, it's like, I'm an adult now. A certain amount of self-respect and integrity, I think, goes with that. And yet I acknowledge that um, the idea of fitting in and the idea of being welcomed are kind of key components in all human beings, including we alcoholics. But I just wanted to mention the topic and how I think it has played to a degree in our own history within, within AA. So now I want to talk about moving forward. Because right now, everything I've said was really in the history of agnostic groups in AA. And the first thing I want to talk about is literature. Um, because we have made such enormous progress in so many ways. In 2011, yeah, in 2011, there were, I think, the first book for agnostics in AA was published. Um, it is called Waiting, a Non-Believer's Higher Power by Mer uh, Maria, I never pronounced her name correctly, Hornbacher. She was, of course, a speaker at the Santa Monica Convention. Terrific book, Waiting a Non-Believer's Higher Power. Um, in 2013, I have a friend you may have heard of, Joe C. Uh, you know, he started, he started the Beyond Belief group in Toronto, was one of the people who started it. And Joe C. and I are members of, that's our home group. And we meet there every Thursday. And, but, and in 2013, Joe C. and I were in this incredible competition. He was working to publish Beyond Belief. He was trying to get that book published. And I was trying to publish the little book, <laughs> Collection of Alternative 12 Steps. And, and I thought... Damn it, no matter what happens, I'm publishing this before he publishes his. <laughs> and he beat me. 
<laughs> by about two weeks. <laughs> I think both books are great. I, I really do. Um, uh, Joe's book, Beyond Belief, has is, is, is turned out to be hugely helpful. It's a book of daily reflections. Um, I know any number of groups across the world who use it, who will read the daily reflection and then have a discussion at their meeting following that reading. So it's a very, very, very popular book. The little book never... It was, I never planned to publish a book, a single book, but the little book just came to be. I was working with this woman, Linda R., at the time, and we were in touch with Gabe S., who was in England, and Gabe, Gabe had a collection of alternative 12 steps, and he sent them to us. I thought, what an interesting idea, a whole collection of alternative 12 steps. But we didn't, Linda and I didn't have enough for a book. Uh, and then we started looking for secular versions of the 12 steps and found some terrific secular versions. Um, um, a Woman's Way Through the 12 Steps. Uh, Linda condensed that down into short interpretations of each of the steps. Um, I ran into Gabor Mate, who had written uh, In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts, and he had an appendix with a secular version of 12 Steps. Now we had two. And then we ended up having four. So they're in the little book as well. And then, as I say, I wrote a history of the origins of the steps as well in that book. And then we decided to publish it. And that was the beginning of publishing books of that nature. Um, in 2014, A. Agnostica published two more books. One was Don't Tell, Stories by Essays and Agnostics, or Stories and Essays by Agnostics and Atheists in AA, which were just all stories that have been published on AA Agnostica. Um, and the other one was the Alternative 12 Steps, A Secular Guide to Recovery, which is this one, which I love. I love this book. Um, it was written actually in 1991 by two women, Martha Cleveland and Arliss G., but it had been out of print forever, and yet I discovered it, and, and, I, and I approached a publisher and said, can I publish it? And they said, no, not without permission. <coughs> so I spent a year tracking down Arliss G., and she got together with Martha, and they said, yeah, publish it, do a second edition. 1991, a secular guide to recovery, the 12 steps. It's a, I'm just so honored and pleased to have been able to publish that book. There are other, of course, all kinds of other books that have come out. A Freethinker and Alcoholics Anonymous, which was reviewed by our friend Thomas here, written by John Lauritsen, a great book. Um, what else do we have? The 12-Step Philosophy of Alcoholics Anonymous by Steve Kay, a, a, a Brit. Um, I hope you don't mind if I refer to you as a Brit. I'm deeply offended. <laughs> I thought as much. But all I'm saying now in terms of the history of secular AA is there's a huge amount of literature today. And you know what? I wish I would have had it. When I got out of, when I got out of rehab, I wish someone would have been able to hand me a book other than the big book. Because I found the big book offensive from day one. You know, and I just wish somebody would have handed me something that would have said, Here, read this. You'll be inspired. Today that can happen. And we should be very proud of ourselves for that. There are all kinds of websites. Rebellion Dogs Publishing. Joe C. has that. Joe C. manages that website. There's A. Agnostica, which has been kind of succeeded by A. Beyond Belief, by my good friend John S., who's now doing A. Beyond Belief, and he does podcasts. Uh, you'll hear this talk on A. Beyond Belief. Um, terrific website. And then there are 25 websites for individual or group of agnostic meetings, and I think there's one for this area as well. So there's all kinds of websites, there's all kinds of information. Meetings. 
Let me talk about meetings. We focus a lot on meetings at the beginning of this talk, when they started, etc., where they started. When a history of agnostic groups was completed in 2012, there were a total of 87 meetings worldwide listed on the New York website. Today, I just talked to Deirdre a few days ago, part of this meeting. I said, how many meetings are there? Today, there's 288. So, you know, we've added, we've added 200 in a few years. And I know many, many more that are now starting that'll, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Conventions and conferences. Well, the first one was in Chicago in September 2009. Second in Santa Monica, November 2014. Phoenix, November 2015. Olympia. <laughs> 2016. And Austin, Texas coming up in November. So, there's plenty of reason to be hopeful. We are going strong, my friends. We are with the tide, as it were. As we go forward, I would recommend two things. First, let's drop the fear, at least as much as possible. Here is my last quote from Bill Wilson, I promise. Again, from a speech in 1965. All people, all people must necessarily rally to the call of their own particular convictions. And we of AA are no exception. All people should have the right to voice their convictions. And finally, I want to share a bit of advice, something I don't do that often. As we go forward as agnostics and atheists in AA, as secularists, having one day at a time, let's try to have a good time. <laughs> let's enjoy ourselves. Otherwise, what the hell's the point? <laughs> Thank you all for listening to me. It has been an honor to be here today. Well, that's another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back soon enough with another episode. But until then, be well.